Yes, good evening and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. We're back for another midweek match preview show as Mansfield Town come to the Priestfield this Saturday afternoon as third, the second in League Two. Uh, yeah, one of the big games in the, of the weekend. Um, yeah, so tonight we're going to preview that. Um, we're going to preview, we're going to look at... Um, yeah, Neil Harris mentioning today about finding that perfect balance between attack and defence, which saw Jules dominate very much of the Doncaster game last weekend, but come undone by two wonder strikes. Um, and uh, and yeah, we we'll speak a little about the minutes in midweek um, and important minutes for for Dom Jeffries, Lewis Walker, uh, Ashley Nelson, Jaden Clark, Max Clark, and uh, and a few others as well. Um, so yeah, join tonight then, Lewis. Um, Matt, good evening, gents. Lewis, how are you, mate? Evening, mate. Not too bad, thank you. How are you doing? Good, mate. Good, good. All good. Matt, obviously I saw you a little while ago. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> yeah, literally like 10 minutes ago, wherever it was at football. Uh, yeah, I'm good, buddy. How yeah, are good, you? Good, mate. Good, good. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, let's start. Let's start the, uh, at the start of the week then. Um, yeah, the... Obviously, Kennet Line brought out brought out an article about attracting attracting uh, young talent to to Kent um, and and creating that pathway. Obviously, we've seen the introduction of the of the B team as as it's called now um, to to create that pathway between then the 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 under eighteens into the into the B team and then into the first team. And, and Neil Harris has made it um, pr- pretty clear in in all of these press conferences when he's spoken about this that. Um, that he wants to create that pathway into the first team for Jill's, Jill's, uh, Jill's and the football club and the fans to see homegrown talent um, coming through into the first team. Um, Lewis, we'll come to you on this subject first. It's quite an interesting subject, isn't it? Because we've not we've not seen it in terms of uh, homegrown talent really establish themselves in that Jill's first team since I would probably say Jack Tucker. Um, it's been a, a frustrating probably area of the football club that has been wanting to be sorted for quite a number of years but it's now good to see that the football club are starting to get a hold on it isn't it it definitely is yeah I think there's a lot of benefits to it in in more ways than one really um like you say obviously the younger players have that path into the first team and I think it might have even been Steve Evans to be fair that mentioned how there wasn't much coming through our youth ranks. It might have been uh, Neil Harris actually the year, um, the year before this summer when I think it was only Bailey Akehurst that signed on for, as a pro deal from the youth academy. And I've said so many times um, how important it is to have that stepping stone because if you think of sort of Premier League clubs, you know they have under twenty one teams, they have under twenty three teams, all this sort of thing to give players as much chance to develop as possible. I think if you're 22-23 playing in an under-23 team at the Premier League, in a Premier League club, it's probably about time you, you go and play for a lower league team, you know, whether that is on loan or whether that is permanently. Um, I think that probably stands for us as well. I know our, our B team isn't necessarily an under-21 or under-23 team or whatever. It's not labelled that way. Obviously, you've got a lot of first-team players playing in there as well that aren't getting as many minutes in the first team. Um, I think if you are sort of 22, 23, for example, in a hypothetical situation, playing for Gillingham, 
not getting any minutes, it's probably time to to step down. But yeah, I think it's I think it's great to, to give that gap. And you know, so many times we've seen talented young players come through, and they're expected to make that jump from under 18s football to senior football. You know, we we have a couple of loans, but finding minutes at this sort of level limited and. I know we're playing Dartford and, you know, if a player went alone, say Joe Bodo went alone to Dartford, you think that, you think that would do him a favour. But um, having having that chance to play more minutes, if they're perhaps needed around the first-team squad, I don't know if they all are. I think we might see some, some loans for the first-year pros. You know, you could always have the likes of Sam Gale, Joe Bodo going out alone and then also playing perhaps the Kent Senior Cup and in the B-team games. But it gives them that that thing that thing and that stepping stone where they can be playing for for Gillingham and under the coaching and the management of people at the club. While they've got no pressure to break into the first team, I think if you think a year ago when we had players such as Finn O'Mara, um, Bradley Stevenson, Darren Oldacre, I, I know loads of stuff went on then, but talented players that that weren't able to make that step up. And if they had this sort of B team reserve team, which we've not had in place for years in place then would it have been a little bit different and you've now got players such as Sam Gale Joe Bode Ronald Sitole who can have these B team minutes um, signing their first year of, of a pro deal and they've not got that pressure to, to try and break into the first team so quickly and you mentioned some first team names there as well it's obviously great great for them to get some minutes in there to try and prove themselves um, Ashley Nadison scoring scoring twice at the weekend he's Obviously, found him. Uh, sorry, earlier on in the week, he's obviously found himself a bit down the pecking order recently. Um, but that'll do him a lot of confidence. Perhaps remind a few people what he's about. Um, someone like Max Clark, who I think we've all said we feel quite sorry for, who probably signed for the club expecting to be first choice left back until we ended up picking up Scott Malone. Um, but he's obviously getting minutes to stay fit in a Gillingham shirt. Um, and you've got players coming back from injury as well, the likes of Lewis Walker, Dom Jeffries, who can play these games that ultimately I suppose the result doesn't matter but they can get minutes in legs building their fitness up without having to sometimes do that in the league so I think it does benefit everyone there's a massive massive plus of having the team I think the, the structure in terms of I know Kenny Jacket spoke about it before but the potential of playing in a competitive league or something like that I, I don't know exactly what the rules are but there's probably a bit more of build a bit more way of building to go um, in terms of the coaching potentially the setup of that and and where we're going to play our game is potentially reg- on a regular basis. This sort of thing, um, and maybe one or two more players added. But yeah, I can't really see a negative to it to be honest, and it's really good. And yeah, long may it continue continue growing. All all fantastic points there, Lewis. Definitely, Matt. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the the B team structure as a whole then? Well, well, I don't know if you remember my questions at the uh, Q&A, but they were both uh, B-team related. So, I, I, honestly, I think the B-team is very important to to Gillingham Football Club. Whether it was going to be as a, an under-18s or an under-21 soil or 23s or whatever they wanted to call it, um, or a reserve side, but to have a, give the players a, say, that opportunity to be able to go from you know a B-team to the A-team to actually see that there is a path that's clear to, uh, for me, attracting the local talent that isn't around Kent. You know, I, I think I read somewhere in the paper, we've got this um, player from Ramsgate on, on loan at the moment. Um, uh, so on a trial, sorry, at the moment. 
Uh, and I think somebody else, uh, was it Shrewsbury or whatever, are looking at him. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he would have just gone straight to Shrewsbury and we would have missed out on him. You know, and if he's a real talent that's coming through, he can now see that there is an opportunity. He's not just going to come in and go straight into the youth team ranks. He could come into the B team and there's that opportunity to get to that first team then. For me, that you know, it, it is so, so key. And look, I, I'm glad, obviously, that, that we're, we've, we're opening the gates and letting, play, um, letting the crowds come in and actually watch the games. I think that's another great thing. If we can do that more often, I'm, I'm fully behind that. Um, actually getting a chance to see some of these young guys coming through, that, that would be brilliant. And as, it, as I said, the B team is also perfect, as Lewis said, is for, for giving off our, uh, our first teamers who aren't playing making the football some minutes. I think that, that's done wonders for Ashley Madison. And do you know what? Uh, when we come to teams later on, to be honest, he's one of my players that I would have in the team. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, some more good news for, for Jules, this, Jules this week. Jake Turner uh, signed, signed a new deal um, earlier on in the week. Um, yeah. Lewis, give us, give us your assessment of how Jake has done so far this season. I think my first takeaway from from the contract announcement is that it still really winds me up that we don't announce how long the contracts are. I don't see the benefit of not doing that. Um, but that doesn't seem like something's going to change anytime soon. I would assume Jake's probably signed a um, a sort of, I don't know how, if he's out of contract to the end of the current season. I would assume it's another two years, so two and a half years left now. Um, the, the, this, is, the, this is his last year. Yeah, so I would assume that um, that extension would be two years from the start, from the end of this season. So two and a half years slash three years, I suppose. That's what I'd assume. I don't, I don't know that for, for fact. I suppose that's why we would prefer to have the, the communication. But yeah, in terms of Jake himself, I think I was surprised as anyone, I suppose, to see him start the season. Um, we have always had two number ones. He did really well last year. He was trusted in these games against, you know, the likes of Brentford Um and he was a very, very capable one to study whenever Glenn Morris wasn't available. I think we were very lucky that we had Jake and we had Glenn, who, of course, got League uh, sorry, Gillingham Player of the Year last year. Um, and, yeah, I was surprised Jake started the season, but he's yeah. earned the shirt. You know, he's not done anything to to suggest that he shouldn't, he shouldn't have that. Has he made a direct error leading to goal so far? I don't think so. Maybe you could argue the first Doncaster goal if it was a back pass or whatever. But yeah, I think he's looked more than comfortable. I still literally don't mind who plays out of him and Glenn. So I suppose that gives Jake a nod, given he's what, 15, 16 years younger. Um, and you're looking look into the future. I think he commands really well. I think his shot stopping is fantastic. He's grown in character and confidence and I think he's quite well liked as well. The only area of improvement for me is kicking. Um, I think he's, you know, reasonably comfortable with the ball at his feet in terms of sort of playing with the ball at his feet, short passes. Um, his long kicking is isn't great, which is frustrating at times. But you're never going to have it perfect at this level, and he's he's got a long way to go. You know, if goalkeepers peak in their thirties, he's still mid twenties, so he's got a long way to go. I think our goalkeeper set up with Darren Ibrahim as well is fantastic. And I think the three of them, plus plus Nathan Harvey and, and Tate as well, if you want to throw them in, are, are all a tight-knit group. I think him and Glenn are always supporting each other. You can see that. And Glenn, you know, frustrating not to play. He's probably proud in a way of seeing Jake come through and be our undisputed number one now of a 
team that is pushing to get out of this league. So I think it's a great bit of business if he's going to keep improving. He's a solid lower league goalkeeper. And um, yeah, you know, maybe maybe we'll go and play higher. We mustn't forget he's come from you know a Premier League team at one point in Newcastle. So yeah, he's got a lot of potential. I think it's really good to tie him down to a longer deal. And I think it's a great bit of early business that not a lot of us saw coming, to be fair. So a thumbs up from me. Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah, like Lewis said, we were initially surprised at the start of the season that um, Jake was picked to be number one ahead of Glenn. Um, but but like we always say, we've got two number ones in Jake and Glenn. Um, he's, we, we've obviously picked up five clean, clean sheets in that time. Um, what have you made of Jake's season so far? If Matt's there. Can't hear Matt. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll move swiftly on. Um yeah, obviously Lewis, in in midweek we did speak about um we did speak about the B team game and it was important minutes for um uh Jeffrey's Clark, the, the the two Clarks, um and, and Ashley Addison. Um yeah, let's 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 speak about Dom Jeffries. He looks like that he's going to be fit for at least the squad on on Saturday afternoon. How big of a miss has Dom been in that midfield? I think a massive miss and I think he was potentially someone as well who <coughs> excuse me, hadn't necessarily nailed down a starting place prior to the season. We haven't really seen too much of him playing centre midfield um, over his time at Gillingham. I think Last year, when he was he was coming on sometimes and playing that sort of left of a, you know, I wouldn't say it was a flat four, I wouldn't say it was a diamond, but he was playing sort of left of the midfield, if you like, where we, we weren't really using wide players. And I thought he was really making that position his own. At the start of the year, I thought potentially we were going to play a diamond when Johnny Williams signed. I thought we would play um, Williams at the top and the bottom. And then I thought it would end up being Dieng and Lapsley either side. But I was a big advocate for Dom playing on that left-hand side. And I think he really, really enjoys that left-hand sort of forward position. He's not someone you would associate as a natural winger. He doesn't have natural pace. He's not scored too many goals for us. But in terms of his desire, his leadership, and, you know, we mustn't forget last year was his first full year in professional football. Um, He's still very young, what, 2021. And, he he looks really at home on that left hand side, and you'd almost say that is his best position now. Um, it was a bit frustrating when he was playing on the right because I don't think he enjoyed that as much. But you know, you you can swap about that's fine, fine in game. But I think his legs and his energy. Um, Ethan Coleman has a lot of legs in there, and I think we've missed that because I think Robin McKenzie, when he was playing with Sean Williams, Robbie does get about, but I think Coleman and Jeffries are the two sort of main players who can get up and down for us and carry the ball quite well um, in terms of their energy. So, yeah, I think Jeffries is a massive coup. We've almost had a problem in that wide area since he's been out. I think Conor Mahoney's sort of guaranteed in, in a wide position if we were to utilise that system. And then we've seen sort of flip-flops between Johnny Williams and Jaden Clark, who have had mixed seasons, I suppose. Williams, I think we were just starting to see the best of him. 
Uh, he had a good game against Morecambe and then obviously missed out against against Doncaster with illness, I think. So I'm sure he'll be back as well. With Jaden Clark, he's been a bit hit and miss. I think we were all clambering for him to start and then started the Grimsby game, didn't go well. Um, I think he had a difficult uh, difficult game against Leighton Orient in the cup and then I don't, don't think he was at his best against Morecambe either. They can't middle playing centrally. And I don't think, I think we spoke about it on the show last week. I don't think Harris necessarily trusts him 100% to start regular games. So I think Dom coming back in, if we're going to play him and Mahoney on the flanks, I think that's a lot more comfortable for us in terms of what we want to do. Um, and yeah, he, he brings more than just that, you know, legs, leadership, energy, um, getting stuck in and that sort of thing. He's never one to shy away. He's, he's, he's involved in a scrap or two over the season. So. Yeah, really good to see him back. I, I I was quite surprised to see him in the squad, to be honest. But I I wasn't really monitoring how long he'd been out. I was just sort of accepting he would, he was going to be out for a little while. So really, really good to see him back, especially if um if Lapsley and Dieng are still going to be out for a little bit. So really happy about that. I I don't know if he will start against Mansfield, but I imagine against a top quality side, he will be involved in in some way. Uh, maybe he will be ready to start. I don't know how many minutes he got on Tuesday actually, but he did start, didn't he? So I assume. 45, I think. 45. Potentially yeah. be ready to start, play 60, 70, something like that. But yeah, I suppose we'll wait and see. But it's a, it's a welcome return. Yeah, Matt, um, it is a welcome return from, for, for, for Dom. Um, yeah, we obviously speak about Dom's energy and, and driving up the pitch. You, you mentioned about Ashley um, proving in the week. Um, yeah, they, I guess this is exactly what these B team games are for, aren't they? Is that um, for for guys that are coming back from injury, for guys that want to prove a point to to nil on the management? Um, that's exactly what these are. Yeah, Matt, they, this is exactly what these these B team games are for, aren't they? Yeah, apologies. I keep losing connection because I, I am on my way driving home. But I, I'm basically right, yeah, mate. so I, I'm I'm almost home now. Anyway, uh, yeah, so yeah, these B game uh, team games are perfect. First off, I, I just want to say now I'm I'm back on, uh, Lewis. I 100% agree with you. I absolutely hate it when the club say that a player signed a contract but don't tell us how long it's for. Just let us know. I don't, don't know why it's why it's not a big issue. If it's a one year contract, if it's a two year contract, let, let us know. Um, but yeah, that's just, you know, I don't, I don't care how much they're getting paid. I just want to know how long they're staying here for. Um, but yeah, obviously, look, as I said, the B team games are, 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 I think, are perfect to give these guys an opportunity. And, and it get, does put put them in themselves in the shop window. I think, as I mentioned earlier, for me, Ashley Nadison, uh, I think, deserves to start this week. Because I, I, I thought, um, yeah, he played really well the other night. So yeah, that's why I think these B team games are, are really important. Uh, I just want to say that to you as well on the Jake Turner thing. You know, that I'm so, so, so pleased. He is number one. I, you, those of you that sort of follow me may know I was with him because he's one of my favourite players at the club and he's taken the opportunity. He's grasped it with both hands. And uh, as we like to sing, England's number one. England's, England's number one. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing to come out this week then um, was that the the football club have organised a bus service uh, for the fans who can't get to can't get to the game against Mansfield. Um, 
yeah, four services have been put on. We'll start from Ramsgate, Dartford, Canterbury, and Dover, um, and we'll pick up fat, fat, and sort of around on the, on on those lines and up onto the ground because there's obviously uh, no no replacement buses during the latest round of strikes by train drivers. Lewis, fantastic positive move from the from the club, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't look into it too closely because. Lucky for me, I'm, I'm very close to the ground and tra- travel isn't really an issue. But for people that are a bit further away, I, I sort of took a step back to think about it when when it was announced. And I thought, you know, if you live in Canterbury or Dover, somewhere like that, it, it'd probably be a bit of a nightmare to to get there. Um, you know, potentially if you if you don't drive or you know it's on the weekend, if you if you car share and someone else is using the car to go somewhere else or or something like that, you know. It, it, it it probably does come in really handy. Um, I you know I never really thought about people that get get trains to home games too often just because I never have really. Um, and I can imagine that strikes are really annoying. I've had a couple of events had to be cancelled because of train strikes. Um, you know like cricket matches. I was I was meant to go to Wales overnight and um, see Kent and and that got stopped because of the train strikes. And um, I think there was there was another one recently where one of my friends was involved, but it's. I can just imagine it's really frustrating when these strikes are on weekends. So <clears throat> it's really nice for this for the club to take this proactive approach and think about the fans. And you know, it's not it's not just uh, you know this helps out. It makes you think like they're really caring for the fans and taking the initiative to to help out the fans rather than the fans being customers. They're treated as fans who you know they want to watch a football team play. Let's help them do that. So yeah, massive thumbs up. And I I do wonder if they'll do it in the future if this is success. You know, potentially even if there aren't strikes, um, maybe a few different routes as well. So, yeah, I think it was a really good forward-thinking initiative. Yeah, Matt, what's what's your thoughts on it? I know, obviously, um, you usually drive up to the games, but you you do live in Canterbury, so you you obviously do know sort of how far it, it can be up to the football club. But I think it's a it's a case of um, the football club. Putting the fans, putting the fans first, isn't it? And another fantastic move from from Brad and Shannon, um, getting 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 behind the football club, and uh, and it's it's that whole getting getting the whole community behind everyone, isn't it? And and making sure fans can get there. It is, it is. I mean, look. So the, the, there are the odd occasion uh, when because I, uh, I do car share with the wife, so there is the odd occasion where on a Saturday she she'll need the car and I'll have to get the train and. Um, in fact, it was a. There was the home game. Uh, oh God, I forgot who it was against. Uh, I think. It, uh, oh, do you know what? I think it might have been against Colchester United. Um, but obviously, there was a train strike that day, and, not the, and the wife needed the car. I had to somehow get to the game. I had no other way to get to the game. And luckily, I did a shout out, and uh, a lovely guy came through, gave us a lift up to the ground, and was like, "Always, if you ever, you know, get in that situation again, that's great. I'll give you a lift." But. I don't know why I have to rely on strangers to get to the game. And, you know, didn't Charlton used to do something similar a few years back where they, they literally, you know, drove buses uh, into the heart of Kent, into Medway, into literally Jujillion to pick people up and take them to Charlton games. You know, we, we need to attract more people. And if we're going to do this as a regular thing, I, I, do you know what? I think stadium numbers would go up. If you do a, a you know, a ticket and, and uh, coach deal, I generally think you'd get more people that, that would want to come to the games. I just think it's it's such a great thing. Whoever at the club, you know, whoever's idea it was, 
full full round of applause honestly I think it's an absolute great thing and I, I really do hope the club continues to do it okay um yeah no agreed um yeah let's get let's get on to um yeah the the comments from from this afternoon and and, and Neil made the comments about finding the right balance in terms of defense and attack obviously we've got one of the best defenses in the league but We've also got one of the worst attacks in the league, um, and yeah, and and Harris has said that they know that they are working on that and um, and looking to make that better. Um, it looked that last week the attack creating chances wise was was much better. Obviously, we couldn't put it in the net, and we were undone by two two worldy goals. Um, yeah, Lewis. What do you make in terms of finding that right balance? Because, yes, Saturday I thought that we, we slightly went the other way where we were we were better attacking, but we looked more shaky defensively because we did that. So how do you feel about finding that right balance, like Neil said? I think it's such a weird subject to tackle with Gillingham at the minute. Um, I haven't seen the fan base this divided on anything since the Gallansons came in as they are in Neil Harris right now, which is quite crazy considering we had optimism for the season. You know, we're in the top seven, which is where we wanted to be. Yet there are so many frustrations from myself included about um, the way we've approached a lot of games, the way we've played in a lot of games um, and the lack of goals we're scoring. I think early on in the season, I didn't have too many worries about it. Um, up in Stockport, a 1-0 away win, you know, against one of the favourites for the league title. Fantastic result. I thought against Accrington at home, we were unlucky to score just one. Um, and then the Sutton away game, I thought, you know, physical side, we got the better of them. And then cruelly, we didn't play well. We won. And then it started to go a bit downhill with the Colchester, the Grimsby games. Snuck past Harrogate. Um, obviously, really frustrating defeat to Doncaster. Um, I wonder if the back three is something he might use a little bit more often. Um, I was very... It got a thumbs down for me before the game. I think we had a chat in the group chat, James, about how he's how he was setting up against a team that we should have been beating on paper. Um, but it did allow for a lot more creativity. So I do wonder if that will be something that's used a bit more going forward in terms of trying to perhaps get the wing backs a bit further up and putting more responsibility on the back three when it comes to defending. Um, but we need to get the balance right. I think it's really concern, it really concerns me that he's not done that and it's been this long. And I know it was a sort of fresh start in the summer, but it, it's been a problem throughout Harris's entire reign, really, where we've not scored goals. And I remember when he came in and he said, you know, my strikers always score goals. And it was when Dane Oliver was going through a, a quiet patch and, I thought, like, you know, when's it going to start then? And it still hasn't started. And it's like, can we can we get going now? Um, I would be completely open myself to being a bit more open at the back. I know a lot of the time, and I think Reese, who sometimes comes on the show, said it himself, like, defences defenses win leagues at this level. And, and that's fine, but our current scoring rate isn't going to be enough to get us promoted. And I think we have the talent. Um it's perhaps a controversial comment, but I heard someone say that Steve Evans in charge of this team would, would be getting so much out of it. And I, I completely agree because I don't think at the minute Neil was getting the best out of the team and he's, he's searching for that balance, which is good. It could come. Obviously, we were a lot better going forward at Doncaster with 
um, with the chances created. Macaulay Bond missed a couple of great chances. If he puts those away, it's a different result. Um, I suppose it just fits the current narrative at the minute that our striker couldn't score the chances that we're creating when we haven't been creating so much over the last few months. But it's perhaps a bit concerning that he's still trying to find it when it's it's been so poor. You know, as in we are one of the worst attacks in the league, and we we're looking for the top, you know, top seven slash top three. So it's concerning, but it's good that they're addressing it and that they're not just sticking to their guns. Um, I made a comment before the the Doncaster game. Uh, it might have even been before the Mor- the Morecambe game post Harrogate about how it was frustrating how everything has to be a battle and celebrating Sean Williams' winner against Harrogate wasn't a get-in we've won, it's a thank God we've won because that was a game we, you know, I've got a lot of stick for this in the week about saying this, but we should be beating Harrogate home. There's, two, there's no two ways about it. And in my opinion, we should be, should have been beating Doncaster away. You know, maybe a Saturday would be a little bit of a different story, but, you know, it annoyed me how every game had to be a battle and had to be, you know, stern defence, one goal in it, goes either way, that sort of thing, because we've seen that come undone in the weekend, um, perhaps less to a lesser extent than the Colchester and Grimsby losses, but the weekend is still perhaps an example of that. So it's nice to see that he wants to be a bit more adventurous going forward. Um, I think we have got a really good defence on paper. Uh, you know, Scott Malone, Chad Alexander, more than capable fullbacks, and, and Masterson and Ogie as well one of the best parents in the league, you know, individually at least, they are fantastic. So it's good to see that we're going to be building because in my opinion, playing the way we were playing wasn't sustainable for a, promo- a team pushing pushing for promotion. Um, it's a bit of a concern for me that it's only happening now, but, you know, at least it's happening. And in this run of fixtures where we've got tougher fixtures on paper, this is where it should come to fruition of what we've been working on and we'll see what we're really about and, Hopefully we can be a bit more, a bit more adventurous, and you know a nice win on Saturday against one of the best teams in the league and potentially the form team in in the league, and would go a long way to to being a good start. Yeah, Matt, how do you feel about about what what we're discussing and in terms of finding the right balance? Lewis makes some good points. I feel I I I agree. I agree, Lewis. Certainly with 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 Harrogate and certainly Doncaster, I feel like with the quality we've got in this squad, we should effectively be, I suppose, be blowing, blowing the, not blowing them away, but, but, but beating them comfortably, certainly Harrogate. Um, and that's, it's not arrogance. I guess it's just confidence in the, in the squad, isn't it? But how do you feel about can I just, it? Can I just jump in before Matt speaks? Sorry. Yes, mate. Um, go on. Go on. I was speaking to Owen, obviously also on the podcast, but after the, um, the Doncaster game, and he he was sort of saying like, Stockport scored five against um, Wrexham at the weekend, and you you got teams doing that, and you could never in a million years imagine us going and putting five past the team, three past the team, anything like that really. Um, and you know it, it, every game in League Two is going to be a battle. It's, it's a very physical league, for example, but there is no reason why better teams on paper like ourselves who have got ambitions of promotion shouldn't be expecting slash. I think expecting is the right word to to beat a team like Colchester, Doncaster, who perhaps have different ambitions because, you know, Man City will expect to beat Burnley. And I know that the gap in class is a lot bigger than them, than than, than, than where we are. But I think we are. the reference of trying to, you know, you know, we want to beat this team because we're aiming for this, they're aiming for that. We're a better team than them. Um, 
going in and playing this attacking football and scoring a few goals, I don't think that's too much for to be fair. Sorry, Matt, off you go, mate. <laughs> go back. No, no, absolutely. Look, I'll be honest. So, um, look, when we get onto the the game and our sort of our preview for the game, I'm 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 going to throw a slightly different lineup. Not, it's not what I think Neil Harris will go with. It's what I would like to see him go with. Um, and you, you guys, when when I give my lineup, you know, you you may tell me I'm wrong, but I, you're right. Defensively, I think we are pretty solid. We've got you know a really good goalkeeper. I think if we go with four at the back, we're we're pretty strong when teams come at us. Going forward, we should be, you know, you're right. We should be beating teams on paper. You know, so on on, on paper. You know, if this game was played on Football Manager, you'd probably expect the right outcome to to probably happen. But if not, you you know repeat uh, repeat save and you know and uh, play the game again. Not that I've ever done that, I promise. Um, but ultimately, you know, yeah, on paper, our team, you know, we are in the right. I think, on, yeah, again, looking at the players we've got, we are in the right position in the league at the moment. I think we, but this is where we should be. But the results of just winning one nil, you know that's not really good enough really from the players we've got at the moment at our disposal. I do though generally think once McCauley Paul Bond scores, you know, whether it just comes off his face or his backside or whatever, you know, and he doesn't know anything about it. But I think once he gets that confidence, I think he will start coming into uh, into a sort of a rich vein of form. I, I think he's pretty much, he's almost there. But But we need the rest of the team to start contributing, you know. Uh, we said it. We, me and you, obviously had training tonight. With uh, we coach, you know, obviously some young kids, and one of the things that they're afraid to do is shoot. Conor Mahoney scored a, a worldie in front of the Rangers because he he chose to have a shot. If you get a sight of goal, have a go. You know, with the quality you've got of, you know, if Dom Jeffries is on the pitch, he he could be quite easy. You know, if it goes on target, at least put the keeper under pressure but he's got the ability Mahoney's got the ability Johnny Williams has got the ability when George Laps is back fit he'll have the ability have a go this is what we want to see we just, yes it's great all this fancy footwork up the front but once you get in that position if you get a slight goal please just have a shot it's what we want to see and then I think we'll start beating teams 3-4-5-0 but at the moment we're, we're just going to try and pass it around and play it into a position to get, try and hopefully get an opportunity that doesn't eventually come. We then obviously lose the ball and I'll, obviously all the foes just go, oh, because yes, we're trying to look for that space, but there's been maybe two or three plays beforehand when that opportunity has been there and they haven't taken it. It's just, you know, obviously it's it's League Two football. These things are going to happen. It's not like, you know, it's not Premier League standard, you know, where they're going to shoot it when they get the opportunity, but we just want to see a bit more attacking flair, a bit more movement, putting players open. So we're giving these op- players opportunity to shoot. That's just what we want to see as fans. Um, sorry, a bit of a rant, but, you know, it's just, yeah, we, we want to see more than one goal a game. OK, yeah, let's move on to Saturday then. Mansfield Town travel to the Priestfield. Um, yeah, third. Third in the league, Mansfield. Um yeah, just just one one place behind the Jills and one point behind the Jills. But Mansfield come in a rich vein of form, unbeaten in all competitions on uh, on uh, in the in this current season. Um, yeah, Lewis, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, probably our toughest game. Yeah, 
Um, <clears throat> obviously, the benefit is that we're at home. Um, that's not always been a benefit. Obviously, we, we got absolutely rinsed by Colchester in our, in our worst performance, um, in my opinion, of the season so far. But it's good that we're at home and we'll have that back in to, to back the lads against a, a decent team. Um, yeah, you mentioned unbeaten in all competitions. They're a serious side who's going to have serious ambitions of promotion. Probably going to end up in an FA uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinal as well. Um, yeah, they're a really good side. Um, we're going to need to be at our best. I think a big point of our vulnerabilities or maybe our vulnerabilities are la- a lack of... Um, I don't want to say ability either, but a lack of sort of conviction on the ball. A lot of that comes from the midfield. I think having Ethan Coleman in there makes such a big difference because that Harrogate game drove me absolutely crazy with no one really coming short to get the ball off the defenders. Um, <clears throat> I know it's Robbie McKenzie dropping into defence quite a lot and maybe the onus is in is on Ogie and Masterson to, to bring the ball out a bit more, but I think it's always good to have midfield will come in short and come in to get the ball which I think happens a lot more when Coleman's there rather than potentially dropping in like like Robbie was doing I think that probably is a tactical thing um, no blame on the players Sean Williams likes to go into the left back positions quite a lot um, Scott Malone going forward but I think then as well you end up just going side to side and all full all the time and just playing a lot of a lot of ball passing without actually any conviction and then going long anyway Um Mansfield are one of the teams where you probably need a very specific game plan against them. I don't know what that's going to be. I'm going to watch them this season. But, yeah, we know they're a really good side, full of really good players. Um, it's going to be a seriously, seriously tough game. And, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, these are the games where we're going to start to see what we're made of. Um, and, yeah, I suppose the weekend will, will kick that off in one way, one way or another. Um potentially a bit more positive. I don't think it's in Neil Harris's DNA to go blow for blow. But yeah, the way the way we have been playing um, is not sustainable in my opinion because you'll see us come undone against worse teams which has already happened three times this season. So we'll see if we play a little bit different. But yeah, serious, serious test to, to kick off this new period on Saturday. Yeah, Matt, how are you feeling ahead of Saturday? Do you know what? It, it, it's it's got the potential to be a very very good game of football, um, and you know I, I think with with both teams, obviously second and third, you know it. it I, I can't imagine it being too open. I can imagine it being quite tight. Uh, look, obviously, yeah, Mansfield haven't lost all season, but obviously they haven't won away at all. You know, it, it, it's always draws, it seems to be. Um, I, I think they've got pretty similar, they've played pretty much similar teams to, to who we've played, haven't they? I think they've played Grimsby. Um, but look, for me, ultimately, uh, so yeah, I think they've played quite a few teams. But yeah, ultimately, for me, I, I think we do have to have a go at them. Uh, they, I know a couple of the goals that they've conceded, I've seen a couple of them have been absolute worldies. But ultimately, I just think if we need to have a go at them and, and really put this put them uh, under pressure, especially at home, um, and keep our you know and, and keep our sort of, uh, uh, fortress Priestfield mentality there uh, for the you know for this season. And look, it's going to be a, as Lewis said, it's a tough uh, lot of games coming up. There's a yeah, sorry, a lot of games coming up. Uh, you know, against some sort of so teams that are going to be right up there come the end of the season. And I think we need to start strong against Mansfield this weekend. 
Yeah, Lewis, what what team would you go with on Saturday afternoon then? I'd go back to back four, in my opinion, picks itself. Um, Turner, Alexander, Masterson, Ogie, Malone. Um, Ethan Coleman's an absolute dead shirt in there for me. Um, yeah, then I, sp- I suppose it comes down to what you're after, really, because Conor Mahoney definitely plays for me, so that's two. Um, Ashley Nadison plays for me as well. I'm in agreement with Matt. That's three out of the six. I think we, we said, James, on Saturday when we were talking about the system uh, before the Doncaster game, when when we've seen the team sheet, that we've played our worst football this year in a 4-4-2, which I think is right. I also think that's Harris's preferred formation. You can see that from his time at Millwall, where he almost exclusively played that for the whole the whole period he had there, and where he's almost always tried to go that way um, this season when he can. I think we've played our best football in a 4-2-3-1. I assume Johnny Williams will be back. I would be very tempted to, to do that. I've not thought about this team but before before you ask the question. Um, I, would, I would go Coleman and Williams and then I'd go um, Mahoney, Wright, Johnny Williams, Central and Nadison up front. And then I think I'd go... I'd be tempted to start Dom Jeffries if he'd got it in him, you know, and maybe take him off after 60-70 if needs be for, for the likes of Jaden Clark. Um, I really, really like Tom Nichols, but I just think with the current availability, I'd, I'm reluctant to see Johnny Williams shoved out wide, assuming he's back, because I think he was just ill for the Doncaster game. So I'd be reluctant to see him shoved out wide. So I think I'd go Nadison. Um, I wouldn't be completely against Bond starting, but he does need to find the back of the net soon for me. I think he's a good player, gets in really good positions. Harris has complimented his finishing. Uh, we've not seen that so far. I think he's really good in the air and his hold-up play is good as well. Um, got the potential to still be a really, really good forward at this level. I think Harris likes him. That's why he's been playing him above anyone else so far. Um, if we can assume that Lewis Walker is pretty much out of the running, whether that's just down to ability rather than fitness potentially, if he's on the bench, I don't know. Oliver Hawkins is going to be out for a while. So, yeah, if, if he was to go two up front, for me, it'd be Nichols and Nadison. But I don't really care what the combination is. You know, Nichols and Bond, Nadison and Bond. I don't really mind. But for me, I would go one up front. I'd play Williams in behind uh, Nadison. Who I think, some way, was, was unfairly dropped. He worked really hard. He was scoring goals at the start of the season. I think his partnership with Tom Nichols is fantastic. Obviously, it's um, on show from their time at Crawley together. Um, Nadison likes to run in behind, use his pace, run the channels if need be. Nichols is someone who likes to drop deep, but then you don't want Johnny Williams playing behind them necessarily. I don't think we're going to see a diamond anytime soon. So, yeah, I think, I think I'd go Nadison on his own. I, I wouldn't be against it being Bond, but he does need to find the back of the net soon. Also, I'm also interested to see if... Um, if we shoot towards the Rainham second half, if we have the choice, I'd imagine we probably will, but potentially the fast start against um, Morecambe gives us something to think about in the future. So, yeah, I think, I think I'd think i go with the 4 2 3 one, mate. Um, uh, again, I don't know what Harris will do. I don't know if this back three is in his long-term thinking or what, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to need to play well. Yeah, Matt, what, what team would you go with then? Right, okay, I'm ready for some reactions. So, in terms of formation, it would be a 4-1-3-2. 
Okay. So, I'm thinking Jake Turner in goal, uh, uh, back four of Shea, Connor, uh, Shad and Scott Malone. Um, playing in the sort of defensive midfield kind of role would be Ethan Coleman. Uh, and then the sort of the front five, um, uh, obviously sort of the three playing behind the two strikers would be Connor Mahoney, uh, Johnny Williams. And like Lewis said, obviously if he's fit, again, maybe even just give him 45 minutes, I'd have Don Jeffries playing uh, out wide as well. And then uh, basically potentially have the even them three just interchanging positions, but playing behind the front two, Macaulay Bond and Ashley Madison. I think Madison has been, um, you know, it was a, he played excellently, I have to say, I think, uh, at the weekend. Uh, sorry, uh, on the Tuesday night, sorry. Uh, you know, he has been excellent for us this season. His work rate has been brilliant. When he comes on, you know, even if it's for a short period, he's really given his all. I think he deserves a chance back in the team, but I would like to see him work with Macaulay Bond, uh, just working off him because Macaulay Bond has been really good in the air and we kind of miss that target, man. So maybe this is the opportunity to... And look, I don't think Sean Williams has been terrible at all. I just think, like, as you guys said, you need that kind of link between your defence and midfield and Ethan Coleman's perfect for that position. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, tell tell me if I'm wrong, but I do think sort of a four-one-three-two formation would just give us that bit, bit more going forward. All right, sounds good. In a, in a system like that, essentially, on the ball it sounds great, but off the ball you're essentially asking Johnny Williams to play centre midfield, and you know maybe he's got that in his look, and maybe he hasn't. It's, it's ambitious, because um, I suppose you've got to think about off the ball as well, which would be Coleman and Williams well, together. So, so actually, for me, thinking actually, again, off the ball, you have got your four at the back, obviously. So you're going to have, um, so again, going forward, Scott Malone and Shay will be able to obviously step sort of again, step forward. But going back, you'll have Ethan, Ethan Coleman, obviously Shad and uh, Connor at the back. But then you've got uh, uh, Connor Mahoney and Don Jeffries who will be able to kind of track back and help out in that midfield area. But I said when we go forward, it just means we've got, you know, I mean, that I would say that front five again. You look at that front five on paper. You're going to go, Phew, yeah, okay, and and the fact that we still got George Lapsley and a few other players to come back in, I I think, um, is 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 absolutely amazing for us. But I just think going forward that gives us so much opportunity, and yes, it would mean Conor uh, Mahoney and Dom Jeffries would have to work a little bit harder to track back and and help out when we need to defend. But I said just going forward, it just gives us so many options. Yeah, we speak about. Um, I can't remember who said. And Madison was was unfairly dropped um, in in their opinion. Um, but Macaulay has has been a talking point last week, this week, week before, blah blah blah. Um, Stu Stu Lewis, who's a regular listener on this channel, has asked a question about Bond being a panic buy. Um, Lewis, what what do you think? No, I wouldn't say he's a panic buy. I don't know if he was necessarily first choice. I think Alfie May was clearly that first choice striker that we wanted in the summer. Maybe Bond was someone where the opportunity presented itself because he didn't have a club. Um, was he someone that sort of came to train with us? Um, obviously, he signed the deal, so we can't say he's using us. Was he someone, you know, we'll never know the negotiations that he was potentially having. But I suppose the fact we, we, we let that happen with a view to signing him, um, you know, was he on trial with us or were we on trial with him? Um, I suppose you'll never know the full story, but I don't think it's a panic buy. There was still plenty of time to go in the window. He almost completed the striker setup we had, where you know I said it before. We have Nichols, the one that likes to come deep, Madison, the pace sort of guy. 
Um, Ollie Hawkins, a target man. Lewis Walker can sort of cover a few bases to an extent, and and Bon is the sort of natural number nine finisher, I supposedly, if you like. So I don't think he's a panic buy. I don't think he's our first choice, but I don't think it was the matter of we've missed out on Alfie May. Let's let's go somewhere else. Um, quickly, I think it was you know well okay he's not our first target. This opportunity has presented itself. If we sign May, I'm sure Bon would have joined, but. I think it was a calculated move. We had a long time left in the transfer window. I'm sure he's on a decent salary as well. So, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Predictions then for Saturday, Matt. What are you going to go with? Ninety-six nil. No. Um, <laughs> no. I'll be. I, I do think it's going to be a quite a close game. I do think it's going to be quite tight. I'm going to go one nil. Uh, to us, and I'm going to go for that. So we're going to break their uh, their, their streak, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, Macaulay Bond to score his first goal for us in front of the Rangham end, and it's going to come off the backside. Okay, Lewis, what are you going to go with? Going to go two 0 Mansfield. Um, I'm just not inspired by Neil Harris at the minute. I suppose um, where we're approaching games, I'd love to see a different approach. We do seem to step up our game for the better sides. Um, that's sort of been a theme under Harris as well, where we've played better against better teams than uh, than the teams that we would, again, use the word loosely, but we would expect to beat. Um, so I could see us get, getting a 1-0 win or, or a draw or, or something like that, but I think Mansfield are a really good team. It would be a repeat of last season result, I believe, where certain George Lapsy ended up shushing the rain end before joining us a few months later. Um, yeah, I, I can't predict to win at the minute, just with what I'm seeing seeing on the field. Um, again, and we're playing our first sort of serious team. So, fortunately for me, it's going to be going to be two 0 Mansfield. But I would absolutely love to be wrong. Okay, all right. That's the end of uh, end of tonight. Then, uh, thanks to Lewis and Matt for joining joining me this evening. Um, great speakers as always. Um, yeah, the Jules host Mansfield Town on Saturday afternoon of course um yeah we will be bringing you our post match podcast with owen around about eight o'clock that evening and then on monday um at some point uh afternoon evening uh take a take, take a, a little um a little peek at our social media um to uh to see the release of the Scott Malone interview, um, it is 30 minutes of absolutely pure brilliance. He speaks about um, his time out abroad. He speaks just about his time in the Premier League, a little bit about Jules. Um, a really, really down-to-earth, nice guy. Um, really loves it here currently. Um, really, really enjoying his football. Um, yeah, and an excellent, excellent chat. It was, it was brilliantly filmed by Nick at Block. Um, let him know what you think of the of the, of the special lighting and the camera angle. I'm sure I'm sure he'd be nice for it. He'd want a little feedback before we go though. Do head over to Block um, because they've been uh, voted uh, as one of the finalists um, in the Football Content Awards. So if you head over to Block's social media, give them a little vote. Um, that would be that would be much appreciated. Uh, for now, uh, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the ME Seven podcast. Um, and uh, have a good have a good rest rest of the week, and uh, and we'll catch you on Saturday. Um, up the chills. Good night.